Hey everyone, this is Potty Mouth here coming from my basement studio here in social isolation without Patty. But I'm here to bring you a special segment. On the phone right now, we have Jeremy Wolf, the executive director of More Than Baseball. And a lot of you know that for a while we've been sort of tracing the issues relating to minor leaguers. And we've been talking about it for a long time. But a couple of weeks ago, we started actually finding out about some people taking action and some solutions when we talked to Michael Rivers of Adopt a Minor League Player. And through Michael, we found Jeremy. And so welcome, Jeremy. I'm really excited to hear about about what you guys are all doing out there in Arizona. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I think to, to start off, it would be good to know about your personal baseball background. So why baseball for you? Because I wasn't good at any other sport. Uh, no, so when I, I grew up in Scottsdale, and baseball is the thing to do here, right? You know, you grew up in Texas, and it's football, and you grew up in Florida, and it's football, and you grew up on mm-hmm. the East Coast, and it's lacrosse or basketball or whatever, but in Arizona, it's baseball, and so I started playing baseball when I was four. Uh, I think I was like on my first t-ball team at four, and I just, it, it's what I did. It's its who I was for a very, very long time. I played one year of basketball, and I played one year of football, um, but, you know, just for fun, my friends were doing it, I figured I could do it, too. And then my grandmother said, you know, Jews don't play football, so that's when I quit. um, Sounds like my grandmother. So so, uh, I was a baseball player, always. Always, like, one of the baseball guys. I I felt that when you connect with someone who plays baseball, who understands baseball, you know, you you can – there's a kinship, right? Um, And so I always felt connected. Um, I was always better at it, too, and so that kind of was a driving factor to what I was going to do in college. And so – um, I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. I went to Chaparral High School. Uh, we won a couple state championships in high school. I went to Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas. Um, Division three school. Didn't think anything about playing professionally because who thinks about playing professional when you're playing at a Division three school? But I played uh, summer ball in, in you know in the NECBL and Coastal Plains League, which are top leagues, and I played well. And uh, I actually was fortunate enough to, we won the national championship my senior year at Trinity. And then Fantastic. because of that, because of that um, a bunch of different scouts were able to see us, you know, a group of players who on our team were good enough to play professionally. And because of that, because of my teammates and because of uh, the, how good we were, right. We, uh, I was drafted by the uh, New York Mets in the 31st round with the 2016 draft. Wow. Uh, Played two years with the Mets, uh, got injured at the end of 2017, um, got released uh, a few uh, about a month after my back surgery. Had a herniated disc in my back, and uh, oh man! Uh, and then um, I was kind of out of the game for for a few years. I had started more than baseball, and um, you know, I was working within the game to try to help you know the game grow and build the field and do beach cleanups and the Dominican and all this stuff like around baseball and so um but i was fortunate enough to use my nonprofit to call the uh you know i'm half jewish my father's jewish and i called the uh team israel president and i was like hey i know the olympics are coming up uh you know i'd love the opportunity to help grow the game in israel and he's like do you want to play uh outfield and i was like yeah sure um so i quit my job i played two european tournaments uh i said screw it i'm gonna move to israel so i moved to israel um, lived there for about six months, came back in March to do our work with more than baseball. And then, uh, the COVID-19 happens. The Olympics were just postponed. So we got to work through that too. But, um, yeah. that's my baseball journey. In that's, a nutshell. It's, 
for a long time, it's who I, uh, who I was. And, and, you know, that, that caused a lot of stress and stuff. And, uh, now it's, it's what I did. And, um, you know, because as a baseball player, when you don't play anymore, it you kind of lose a part of you, right? It's because we did it for so long. It's who we were. And, um, you know, I go back and I teach, help teach kids that as well. It's part of, you know, what we do with more than baseball is to make sure kids have what they need to, to succeed. And so mm-hmm. that understanding, you know, the mental aspects of it is, is important as well. So more than baseball, like encompasses everything that I learned as a baseball player, but then, uh, how to make the game better as a whole. Well, I, I have sort of two connected questions to that. And one is just that experience in being with the Mets and, and in, with other um, teams that you've played in. You must have a pretty substantial network. Are you able to sort of uh, follow up with guys that you've met over the years and bring them into more than baseball and see what they can help to contribute to the to the efforts? Yeah, so so when it comes to like what guys need, it's, it's need-based, right? So we have discounts on housing. Uh, food, equipment. Uh, we give them access to career services and financial guidance, mental skills coaching, nutrition, recovery, sleep, like everything that you need as a baseball player is there for, for you. To receive this stuff, we ask guys that sign up uh, just so we know who's using it, just so we have uh, the ability to talk with them. And um, everybody that signs up, I, you know, I, I, I text them personally. I'm like, is there anything you would add or change? Or uh, how did you hear about us? Like, I like to know uh, because it's a business, right? And my customer mm-hmm. is this professional baseball player. So how do I best understand like um, the market in which um, you know we're getting to him? So are, uh, are you the founder, the sole founder of More Than Baseball? So yeah, I'm. I'm the, uh, you know, I started it with uh, uh, Slade Heathcott. He used to play for the New York Yankees. He played ten years of minor league baseball. Uh, got up and he got up in 2015. Uh, I think he only played in the big leagues for about a year. Uh, and then was sent down. So he had 10 years of minor league baseball experience. Uh, he was a first round pick. I think he was like oh, wow. overall. Uh, I was a 31st round pick. And then our other partner, Simon Rosenblum Larson, was a 17th round pick. Uh, he's a pitcher right now in double A with the Rays. And so our organization is first rounder, 31st rounder, and 17th round. So how'd you guys come together? So I started it in uh, the day the Save America's Pastime Act came out, which is this uh-huh. piece of legislation that uh, dictates that minor league baseball players aren't uh, will not be paid for overtime. Or uh, basically, it says you know shut up and dribble kind of thing. It was kind of shoved into the back of uh, uh, the whole spending bill in Congress. Major league baseball right. lobbied six million dollars to put this in, and and so I was just tired, honestly, honestly like tired of the animosity that came from. So Simon Slade and I, uh, Simon, who's in double-A with the Rays right now, uh, 17th round pick. Slade, who was a first-round pick, was like 15th overall uh, for the Yankees, played 10 years of minor league baseball. And then myself, who's a 31st round pick, played two years of minor league baseball. Uh, we all have different perspectives on, on what's going to make it better, but uh, what's going to make the environment better and what's going to make the game grow. So it's our job to make people uh, love baseball again. Uh, what can we do to build a field in a certain area? What can we do to help mind the baseball player? What can we do to make uh, the community fall in love with this player, make him do school visits? And, and what can we make val- uh, baseball valuable in, in, in the communities again? Um, you know, you see a lot of issues with, uh, you know, if you're a 14-year-old kid, you can't watch a, a, a game on your phone because it'll be blacked out. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
won't have access to to watching it. You know, the highlights aren't on Instagram like like in other sports. The the reach that baseball has isn't as strong as it used to be. Um, you know, the, the the biggest personalities in baseball are Pete Rose, Alex Rodriguez, and Trevor Bauer, which aren't as welcoming as oh, as gosh. in other sports. Yeah. Uh, and there's yeah. so many better options. Or I don't want to say better, but there's so many other options that, that could be highlighted. Right, right. And we want to show the value that baseball holds and with the way we speak about baseball and the way we use the minor league players that sign into our organization is that they're building baseball at the community level. And so mm-hmm. because it's not, uh, you know, because you can't watch, you can't really watch minor league baseball on television like, we garnered fan right. support by showing who these players are on social media, uh, by bringing them out in the community, by doing school visits. Um, as a professional baseball player, these guys have a tremendous amount of value as thought leaders and opinion leaders in their in their communities. And when it comes to sports, they can hold a tremendous amount of. Um, they can be such an, uh, a role model for kids, and we're just trying to garner that garner that support and when we do that when they go in the community we can then go back and support players and so it's this give and take between what we can do um, to help players and then what we can do with them to help the game that's fantastic so it's not just a one-way thing it's not like you're just an organization out there to be giving things to the minor league players but also having using their strengths to help for the greater good is that what it looks like yeah so i don't i don't subsidize equipment i don't do anything like that like I strictly, uh, our, our job is to make sure that every baseball player, no matter where he is, has the opportunity to play at the best of his ability. At, at this point in time, we have to focus on minor league players uh, first because that's what's going to allow us the opportunity to do this work in the future. Until minor league baseball is fixed in ways that we can discuss for sure here, um, like their pay or like their housing situations or like everything mm-hmm. that surrounds their development in professional baseball, we have to make sure that. Not only them, but you know, a little league and, and, and across the country has what they need to develop. Uh, and, and we don't, we don't, we don't think that it's it's. We don't put the pressure on Major League Baseball to say you okay. need to do this. Like we don't scream at them, you need to do this, you need to do this. We love baseball, and we're going to do it our way. We're going to do it ourselves because we are going to be able to garner that support that way. And so uh, we make sure that baseball is better off. Um, because of our involvement and not worse off because we, you know, try to make arguments and do whatever. We don't believe in that. Yeah, so this sounds like a serious grassroots effort. So just to to clarify, you guys got started after the Save America's Pastime Act. Was that the the inspiration or was it just coincidental around the same time? No, it was that day. Oh my, wow. And I was upset. Uh, I was upset that that happened. And I knew that with my connections within the game, I knew that the way we, the way that potentially we could speak about the game, I, I knew that, I knew that the issue could be fixed if we just did it the right way. I was tired mm-hmm. of lawsuits. I was tired of seeing, you know, uh, people saying like "screw Major League Baseball," like you need to do this. I was like, no, why don't we do it together? Like, why don't we do it collectively? Yeah. So the uh, three of you knew each other through baseball, or how did like you three finally? Joe. So I started the Twitter more than baseball. Okay. I knew I, I had we ha- I had a vision of exactly what we'd be doing over the last two years. Simon and Slade jumped in pretty early on 
um, and believed in the same thing. So Slade Heathcott was still playing while the Save America's Pastime Act came out. This is March of 2018. He was in spring training with Oakland. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was really vocal on Twitter. Uh, and well, I, I messaged him and I was like, hey, like I'm building this organization. I, I want you to be part of it. And he was like, no, I'm still playing. Like, no, like, hold off. So he kept being vocal, kept being vocal. And uh, he was released, actually, at the end of spring training, played independent baseball for a little bit. But then it was like, you know, I, he was fortunate enough to not have to go do that anymore. And so he uh, moved back to Florida and we kept chatting. And he's like, OK, I'm in. So me and him Great. started working. And then we got in touch with Simon, who uh, had just been drafted in June and was like, dude, it really sucks. Can you guys help? And I was like, well, yeah, we need a player. I want a player, a current player to be part of this. And he's like, well, okay, I'm in. Wow. <laughs> so Simon, um, Slade, and, and myself, and we built a really phenomenal board of directors. Uh, and the idea was, again, just what can we do to make the game better? Uh, we can we can work on this minor league baseball this minor league baseball problem through the lens of making baseball a better place instead of uh, speaking about the lawsuits or talking about their low wages. Like, what can I do to get get a case of bats today? It's a very simple. It's a very simple um, business business model, honestly. That's it's fantastic because it seems like you guys are one example of a, a lot of things that are starting to happen on Twitter. For a long time, it was just sort of a place for people to vent. There was a lot of venting about all the problems, especially in minor league. And then noticing you and people like Adopt a Minor League Player, who we got your info, info from, and uh, Emily Walden, who's doing job matching now. How are you guys coordinating your efforts? Are you coordinating efforts? Coordinating efforts? Are you in touch with other forces that are doing sort of hands-on, proactive things to help the minor leaguers? Right. For the longest time, like everything you hear about minor leaguers is from reporters. Yeah. And yeah. so there was never any personal connection between minor league baseball players and the whole of, I don't want to call it baseball Twitter, but in our section of Twitter, right, right where uh, we are like now the voice of minor league baseball. And so we, because we speak about baseball the right way, because we're doing things in, in the right way, people, people acknowledge what we're doing and they trust us. And, um, you know, so when it comes to like other people, there are reporters like Jake Siner and Bill Shakin and. And Ken Rosenthal and Emily Walden, who mm-hmm. for a long time would write an article about the minor league baseball problem, but then leave it at that. And I said, like, no, like, let's build a relationship. Let's let's talk. Let's let's see what we can do collectively to help players. Um, Emily Walden, uh, since since the, the coronavirus you know, hiatus started, she has been on the front lines of just trying to help guy help support players. Uh, she connects with, I don't know who, businesses around the country and her, her outreach is so strong that she just is getting guys jobs. It's unbelievable. We don't, we don't work with her. We just, you know, we'll get her a guy or two, if, if, but guys are really in tune on, on things. When you need something, uh, you're going to find a way to get it. When you're desperate, like, uh, you'll, you'll find a way to, 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 to get through it. So most of the guys that, that are you know, sent to her or work with us as well because those guys need the, the most support. Again, like when it comes to minor league baseball, 90% of players don't make it. And the 10% yeah. that do, most of them are first and fifth rounds. And so, um, you know, most, vast majority of guys are actually trying to make ends meet now. 
um, because they were expecting a paycheck and they were expecting, you know, to be in season right now. And now they're back home having to pay for rent and food and all this stuff. And so, um, you know, Emily's helping them get jobs. And mm-hmm. when it comes to adopt a minor leaguer, Mike is incredible. He started it. Oh, he's so dedicated. He, so dedicated. It's phenomenal. And he started it and we wanted to make sure he did it, uh, to the best of his ability. And so we, we took him in and, uh, fundraiser that we, we both push is, uh, it runs through our, our system and our account. And so, uh, we, we make sure that he has everything he needs to make sure that these guys get sponsors. And so well, I've had friends and family kind of taken a player and a lot of my friends and family and, and connections that I've made have, have donated to this like help a minor leaguer fund. And, um, you know, and so Mike, Mike's project, we, we wanted to do it for a very long time. Great. And he, he, he just started doing it and we're like, we have to, we have to bring him in. Like we have to find a way to work with, and he couldn't be nicer. He couldn't be a better guy and and more motivated and, and he's doing incredible, incredible things. And, and it seems like those of us, like I just sponsored a guy. And so it seems like us, the sponsors should check out what's going on with you so that maybe we could refer the guys that we've adopted for certain parts. Does, would that make sense? Well, most of the guys, the guys who get sponsored know who we are. Okay. Uh, if they don't, then <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll hear about us. But if you want to talk, feel free to like tell your guy and to tell his friends. And again, if a, if a guy signs up for more than baseball and he tells his friends, we give guys like gifts. Once they get to uh, 40, 50, 50 players, you get uh, a free pair of stadium custom kicks if you prefer 50 players to us. Oh, wow. Which is like a custom... A cleat making company and um and so we we know that it, what we're doing is going to help them if you made a million dollars in the signing bonus you can still use our services because we have a lot of mental skills mm-hmm. uh, coaches working with us we have nutrition coaches we have career service and financial guidance people where the housing food and equipment aspect of it isn't necessary necessarily what they need well that's okay because we built it so that every minor leaguer can find something and and that means every baseball player who gets into the system can find a way to, to, to use our services. So the, the guy who I have adopted is actually in the Dominican Republic right now. And I asked Michael for a Spanish speaker because I'm bilingual, thinking that I could use that to help somebody who might have a harder time with an English-only sponsor. Do you have bilingual resources? What's the, um, the Latin outreach so far? So Simon speaks fluent Spanish, which is really useful. But my best friend, uh, his name is Pepe, so obviously he speaks Spanish. And whenever we need a translation uh, for anything, Pepe, you know, I'll send something to Pepe and Pepe will send me something back. So we do, a lot of what we do is in Spanish. We're building a new website right now, which will also be uh, in Spanish. And and a lot of our social media posts um, have been in Spanish, but we're going to actually start making one in English and then attach to that one in Spanish as well. Uh, because, you know, around 40% of these guys are Latin. And mm-hmm. so can we, uh, we're as welcoming to them as, as, as we are to Americans, right? At a certain point, they have it harder than we do because of the, because they're not from here, right? And they, right. And different really needs for them to adjust. And, and so we try to make it as welcoming as possible. Um, we actually had to help a kid, a kid got, I won't say which team, but he got forced home because of this virus thing. I was going to take him in. He's Venezuelan. Huh. Going to take him in, let him stay with me until this thing calmed down. Until uh, we knew for sure, right? Because when this thing started, it was, um, "Hey, you're going to be gone for a week or two, and then you're going to come back." And 
guys were like, why don't I just stay here until it calms down? And so he was forced home, and now we understand why. Now we understand it's, right. a, lot, uh, it's a lot worse than we, we thought it was going to be. And so um, so the team bought him a plane ticket home, and then he's like, well, uh, you know, I can't. Are you guys going to help me get a taxi ride home? And they said no. Oh, wow. And so we actually sent him $150. The first time we ever sent play, uh, money to a player, we usually buy, help him purchase equipment. We usually mm-hmm. never sent straight up um Cash. It was never our, our idea was to cipher money into us. We we never wanted to do that. So, um, but when the kid goes, you know, I live two hours, seven hours away from the, the airport in Venezuela. Can you guys help me get a taxi? Um, we knew he wasn't the only one. Yeah. What can and you do? A lot of this fund has gone to helping guys with uh, taxi rides from uh, from the airport, or um, we just started a fund where uh, we can now give players up to seventy five dollars for. Uh, groceries, and so we're helping guys get groceries while this thing happens until you know until this thing calms down. And so uh, we're doing a lot of things, and, and we don't say, mm-hmm. "Hey, Major League Baseball, look what we're doing." You're not doing this. It's, it's <laughs> you know, Major League Baseball, we'd love to work with you. Uh, what are some things we can do together? And so teams are starting to listen, and teams know that if players have what they need on the field, uh, off the field, they'll be better on the field. And so what can we be? What can we do as a tool for player development? What can we do to make their players? Are more comfortable on and off the field. And we do a lot of work with employment researchers, and um, this is a job, right? And so, you know, if my yeah. employee is happy, my my player is happy, he's going to perform better. And so we believe this, and we're doing what we can to work with Major League Baseball. Too. Yeah, and thinking about the needs of those minor leaguers, what about connections for English lessons? Is that something in there or just another idea to throw in? Well, they should have English lessons with their teams. With their teams? believe that's part of like minor league baseball coming to america there is every team uh do kids is it mandatory to go on right i don't know it depends we're trying to do a lot of stuff online where um if a kid needs if a kid wants english lessons or can we help him get his high school diploma yeah um, we, we now work with northeastern university and so if any kid has a high school diploma they can get into northeastern university can we help them with financial aid no unfortunately not um, it is a relatively expensive school, but if they have a high school diploma, they get into Northeastern and a lot of the program is online. That's fantastic. So we're doing a lot of things to make sure that these guys are set up for when they're done playing. Yeah, because I was tired of seeing 28, 29, 30 year olds with nothing on their resume except for eight years of minor league baseball experience, which isn't going to help them. So can we help guys leave the game with a business or knowing what they want to do? And again, back to the notion of he's more than just a baseball player, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, was somebody, I was the person who happened to be good at baseball. Happened to be that happened to be my job. It wasn't who I was. So when it was when I was released, when it was taken away, uh, a piece of me didn't leave with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can we make sure that guys are set up when they're done playing and not clinging to um, uh, the past and that they're, that they're taken care of and have the opportunity to succeed and use this opportunity to better their lives. Yeah, and that's really true for everybody. I think a lot of people, when they leave the sport, are kind of aimless. And just to give anybody some sort of direction and help and maybe and the assistance in financial planning is really key to set you up for what happens on the other end there. Right, and it's, it's there, everything is there for them to use. Is it mandatory for them to come in and, and use an event? No, but if he sees that there is a benefit any of the things that we provide for them, well, then, yeah, I hope it. I hope it's there 
so that it can help him. That's the goal. So if he's happy, right, if he's playing better, it's better for the team, it's better for the coaches and managers because their job is playing development, and it's better for the player because his job is to play to the best of his ability. And if I can help him do that, I'm also helping everything down the line and making sure that the game is a better place. And then because of the support that we're getting from him, uh, we can then, you know, have him to community development events. We can help him. We can use him to help build a field. We can use him uh, to go to do school visits. And so, um, again, like it's a it's a give and take between what you know what he needs and then what mm-hmm. we can do together to build the game. The extent of this is really impressive. So, even though you're at the grassroots level, do you have a vision about systemic change that might be necessary to make things better? What do you think about maybe? unionizing players or something on on that level unionizing players won't happen it's too difficult there's too many there's six thousand major league baseball play, or minor league baseball mm-hmm. players to get a union you need every single one of those players to sign uh up right for a petition whatever it is you need every player and then you need half of those players plus one to vote yes on forming a union well because of the resources that we have i and because of the influx of 1,200 players each year, we can't, it's not possible to form a union. Uh, Major League Baseball definitely doesn't want a union to happen. Minor League Baseball, uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association uh, doesn't want a union to happen. And we, we don't want a union to happen because it's not possible to happen. And so this was the alternative to that. So Instead of forming a union or suing, yeah. we can help a kid today get to something he needs to play better. And I knew that there was more impact I can have as a nonprofit working in this space than as organizers working in this space. I knew that people would listen to us about speaking about baseball this way rather than speaking of baseball in an employment way. Uh, I knew that uh, understanding that would make us more successful, you know, and, and being able to do something in, in a situation like this, not as dire as this, right. But, um, you know, with, with how we talk about baseball, people listen to us. People within Major League Baseball, player development departments, um, players, teams, uh, minor league organizations. If I was speaking about baseball any other way, they wouldn't listen. Because we talk about yeah. baseball this way. And strategically, we do it We do it on purpose, right? How can I make people listen? Well, make sure that it's what they want to hear. That makes a lot I, of sense. Yeah. Especially working from your networks and your resources that you have. So that brings us kind of to um, present day, and we're in this weird situation with a partial season shutdown or maybe a full season shutdown. What does that look like at this point, as far as you can see, for minor leaguers, and how is this shaping what your work is at this point? We don't know when the season's going to start. Yeah, and no one does, right? After April 8th, we don't know if they're going to pay you know, there's no, again, so there's no union for minor leaguers, so there's no collective body making sure that these players um, get a payment, right? It's under the discretion of the Major League Baseball team, which at this point, we don't know if they're even going to pay their major leaguers because they're not uh, playing under the uniform player contract. If you get paid per game, right? And if there are no games, the team isn't obligated to pay. And so right now, because of public sentiment and public push, um, you know, major league teams gave players a $400 a week stipend for two weeks. So 800 total dollars. Most teams are 800 total dollars. Um, a couple are close to 900 um, until April 8th. April 8th, then we'll see uh, what is going to be done, and then we'll work, we'll work from there. You know, if major leaguers or 
wealthy baseball fans want to donate through us and help us do a need-based grant system, they're more than welcome to. Great. It's something we welcome. It's something that we're capable of doing. Uh, we're allowed as a 501c3 to give need-based grants to players. And so if there are groups of people who do want to help support players, that's more than possible through us. And that's how we built this organization. That's fantastic. We'll definitely put all your contact info in our show notes in case there happens to be a uh, rich benefactor listening. Please check that out. Uh, to, to think about sort of a happy thing as we wind down, do you have a, a specific anecdote or personal story that comes to mind throughout this work that you've d- been doing? Was there sort of a moment that made you feel like, oh, this is really clicking, this is fun, this makes sense, any of the above? Uh, yeah, when we started doing the this um, hey, uh, this grocery buyback thing. Uh, we give $75 to players who send us an itemized receipt, right? Mm-hmm. And every guy who sends a receipt, they're like, is that it? And we're like, yeah, what's your Venmo? And then we'll Venmo him money. And, and he goes, that's it? And I go, yeah. Like, what can I help you? Like, mm-hmm. he's like, thank you guys so much. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I can't, like, how can I help you? Like, how can I tell my friends? And so, uh, just by being uh, a baseball fan and a former baseball player, helping a current baseball player, and uh, and having him understand, like he's very he, every single one of them has been incredibly grateful for this. Not, nobody is trying to take advantage of the situation. They go, uh, these guys are doing it out of the goodness of their <laughs> arts, and uh, hopefully it becomes for a sure. position too. And when Mike jumped in, our outreach just uh, doubled. Because Mike does an incredible job of adopting minor leaguers. Twitter has grown. He's got major leaguers on board supporting him. And, and you know, we took this notion of what, what can be done to help players. And, and we're, we're giving fans and we're giving ourselves the autonomy to know that this is something we're doing to fix it. Yeah, sure. And uh, just thinking, like, for both of you guys, within not too long, some of the people that you're helping – are going to burst out. Like somebody's going to make it, somebody's going to make it big. And that level of appreciation will probably, you know, in turn, give you all another boost to help the next generation of those who come along. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all, you know, we have a player who goes to the big leagues and makes $50 million. We hope, uh, we hope you get back to the game. We hope you get back to the game through us. Um, because we, we believe if we're helping a player get there, like, Obviously, like, you know, we're doing the right thing. And so, um, you know, currently we have a few players in AAA and most of our guys are in single A, double A. And, um, you know, if we help them get a, another hit a week, right? if we help them get uh-huh. another strike a week, they're going to be more valuable to the teams because they're performing better. So can that team use them as a, as a piece to trade away, as a piece to bring up during the playoff run, as a piece to extend a championship window or create one? Uh, we use the example for a long time of Houston Astros. Now, 2017, obviously, there was a whole banging thing, but the Houston Astros um, traded away four prospects for Justin Verlander, Garrett Coleman, Zella Zuna. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they did, they won the World Series that year, right? And they, they were in contention the next two years. And obviously, like, now I can't really use that analogy. But um, because they had four prospects to trade away, they got these superstars in return. Now, if you're the Royals, or if you're the Twins, or if you're the Padres, or if you're whoever who's uh, um, not a, like Colorado, who's not a big spender, who can't buy free agents, and you're looking for more homegrown talent, this is just another tool you can use to make sure that your players develop more efficiently. And so, sure. yes, we're a nonprofit, and yes, we're building fields, but 
I can go into an organization, create a proposal. I, I can work with their players. I can work with their player development staff to find what it is exactly that they need to play better. And that's what makes this valuable is we can go into every organization for different ways, whether it's community development or it's recovery and sleep or if it's mental skills. Some teams are really good at doing some things and some teams aren't. Um, and so if they want to do it, not in-house, uh, they have the opportunity to work with us to do something like that. So we worked with a few teams that, um, we've spoken to a few teams that, you know, go, you know, we do community development really well and our players uh, eat really well. And I go, cool, what about equipment? And they're like, well, they're mm-hmm. on the hook for their own equipment. I go, that's a problem. Work with us and we can provide better equipment for your uh, equipment staff to then purchase, purchase through us. So you guys get a discount and it's higher quality equipment than what you're currently buying. If you use better bats, um, you know, the players are going to, hitters are going to hit better, right? It just it makes mm-hmm. sense. So um, when it comes to sleep and recovery, a lot of teams don't do anything with that. Mental skills is just starting, teams are just starting to build mental skills departments. Well, we can go in and help build a plan for that. And we can go in and help teams with that. Because sure. if I go in and help this major league team, right, this billion dollar organization, we totally understand but if I go in and bring him ideas and resources, he brings me in as an organization, I can then go back and help those players. And if I go in and help those players, I'm helping the community alongside that. And so it's this whole, I have four different reaches into each organization, into each section of baseball. Uh-huh. Uh, just using this simple plan of well, what can I do to make the game better. I'm so encouraged and I'm feeling really grateful that we're able to have you on today to talk about something positive in a time where people are are struggling so much. And it seems like you guys are covering so many bases, so to speak, that it's it's a little bit of hope for the future. It sounds like things are really going in the right direction. And I know I've taken a lot of your time. One last thing to do full circle, right at the beginning when you're talking about your own personal background, and I said I had two questions. I didn't get to the second one, which I remembered miraculously, Um, and that is, what about World Baseball Classic for Israel? Do you see yourself doing that in 2021? Uh, I'm not good enough to be on the World Baseball Classic team. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Uh, So the WBC team, the one that the movie was made about them heading home, uh, they're making another heading home about this Olympic Olympic team too, and it's obviously on hold. But um, you know, uh, the WBC team did really well in, in 2017. Yeah, they were most, so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Most of those guys uh, are on this team: Ryan Barnway, Blake Galen. Oh, really? Uh, uh. Yeah, Alex Katz. So uh, those guys, uh, you know, will have the opportunity. To, you know, those are higher-end, double-A, triple-A, major league Jews, right? You don't need to be a citizen to be the WBC. So those yep. guys are mostly just Jewish guys. Uh, to be in the Olympics, you have to have citizenship. So I was the only one of the oh, Americans okay. who went over to Israel to stay in Israel. Uh, I, I got my citizenship through this program, and I, uh, was, I just chose to stay. A lot of guys, uh, um, everyone else, chose to move home. Okay. So on the Olympic team, there were born Israelis, and then... Uh, 22 uh, American Israelis. It's so much fun to watch, though, that group come together. I'm looking forward to the World Baseball Classic again, for sure. Hopefully it it happens. I think it will. Oh, right. We have another year. Right, right. So because of the Olympics being in the same year as the WBC, Uh relatively the same guys, so are those guys going to want to do both? Because if both takes up um, their MLB or their minor league baseball time because it's in spring training for the WBC, and then it'll be in July, August of uh, 
at the end of their minor league baseball season. So a guy is going to be willing to do both. Will they just say no? What's going to happen? We don't know. We don't know right mm-hmm. now. Uh, but, you know, hopefully it happens. I enjoy international baseball. It's such a different, such a different game. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully the Olympics happen because I was looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely keep us posted. So th- thank you so much for your time. Do you want, we'll put the connections in the show notes, but do you want to just do a quick how to reach you and where verbally? Sure. sure. Well, on Twitter and Instagram, we're MPB underscore ORG. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, More Than Baseball. Uh, you can email me, Jeremy at morethanbaseball.org. We're always looking for um, new ideas and, and just love to hear your baseball story. Um, just trying to make baseball a, a better, a better place. That's fantastic. Thank you so much again for joining us today, Jeremy, and we will definitely keep in touch and, uh, keep track of what's going on with more than baseball. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Be well. Bye-bye. I'd like to give another thanks to Jeremy Wolf of More Than Baseball and all the folks at More Than Baseball for everything they do and for joining us on the show today. I have a special shout out to my buddy Patty, who I miss a lot. It's really crappy having to do interviews without her because y'all know she's the brains behind this operation. But hopefully our producer is figuring out a way that we might be able to do interviews together with social distancing in the near future. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, catch up with us on social media. You can chat with us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook or Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball. Catch up on all those past episodes at NoCryingAndBball.com. And until then, I have to say, good night, potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs>